dark times so do you want to make the reveal or would you like me to make the reveal uh i can do it i want to say though before we get started on the review i think it's just super exciting to be able to review the different films and television shows that we do and i love that we try to keep it fresh with new movies and old movies and just so that way we're not always sticking to brand new things that come out We tried to do a little bit of a mix for content that's for younger audiences as well as adult audiences, so trying to be family-friendly and then also very mature at the same time. Yes, just just keep it a little, uh, mix it up a little bit every now and then, and uh, I'm very excited, though, for the movie that we have today. This definitely surprised me, and I think that this film was just... A blast, but I will keep my opinions and thoughts for our final end reviews. Yes, yes. <laughs> but getting into it, so today is a very exciting, fun episode because we are covering the newest addition to, I would say, the ongoing series that is ever changing of the 2022 film The Batman. Oh my gosh, I was so pumped, so excited to go see this movie, Nikki. You have no idea. I was, I've was i been looking forward to this for so long because this is another one of those movies that we had to wait a little bit longer for. I was so excited to go see it. Oh, I know. Did you end up getting to see it in theaters? Because I watched it at home with HBO. Yes, I I literally could not wait to go see this movie or I, I, I knew it was coming to HBO Max, but and I, I'm going to be honest, I at this point prefer watching movies at home. I don't really like to go to the movie theaters anymore, except for like every once in a while. And it's usually with movies where it's like, I know that the theater is not going to be that full. So but I really had to go see this movie in theaters. I couldn't wait. I was so excited. I I really like Robert Pattinson. I was very hyped to see him as Pattinson. (laughs) So I had to go. I had to go see it in theaters. This is your final warning. We will be doing spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. So in three, two, one. No, 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 no. Spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) And this is a explicit warning for all of our listeners today, because as always, we try to cover different topics, but today's specific movie topic we are covering some darker and grittier information and topic about this movie and it may not be suitable for some of our younger listeners so listen to your discretion i love that mix right there Battison. i you're also very much giving away our age at this point just because for anyone that has not been living under a rock obviously Robert Pattinson we were obviously all introduced not only in Harry Potter but the biggest franchise Mm -hmm. to jumpstart his career uh, agree or not anyone listening was the Twilight series yes (laughs) 
we were in high school for that. So it's exciting to see him over the years come into his own and then really get a big superhero film like this. And I was always team Edward. So I was definitely team Battinson when, when he was going to be in this movie. I was so excited and so pumped, especially when those, those first images like started coming out for this movie. I love seeing him in the bat suit. To be honest, I wasn't entirely sure how this film was going to do and how just my own thoughts surrounding the film, because when I first saw the trailer and all of the different promotional photos and everything regarding him as Batman and his whole getup and everything, I honestly wasn't impressed just because I said, you know what, this is another Batman film. We've seen it one, we've seen it all, but yet obviously we haven't because Tim Burton did their own spinoff, Christopher Nolan. So this for sure was a whole new take on the comic itself. And I just was not disappointed. And it's really excited, exciting to just see Robert play such a different character and he did such a wonderful job speaking of Robert Pattinson in this movie I feel like he did such a wonderful job bringing the character of Batman specifically to life but can we talk about the fact that he did not play Bruce Wayne in this movie for a second he was Batman from beginning to end for sure Uh, getting into it literally so even just before covering how well Robert did through this whole film, I want to start out and say we had a full-fledged cast of many amazing actors that were in this film. And so naming them off the bat, obviously Robert Pattinson that was playing Bruce Wayne slash Batman. We had the beautiful Zoe Kravis playing Selena Kyle. Yes. Jeffrey Wright, which I'm super excited to see him starting to get bigger roles. He played James, Lieutenant James Gordon. Colin Farrell mm-hmm. playing the Penguin literally was shocking because I had no idea it was him with that transformation. I honestly want a whole just TV series or something of just him being the Penguin. He was hilarious to me every time he was on screen. Agree, agree. The last couple of actors I want to talk about too is Paul Dano, who played the Riddler, which we will get into the Riddler here very shortly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Serkis is Alfred. He made such a great Alfred. I loved him so much. And oh, I, I have a lot to say about that too, but we can get into that in a second. <laughs> but going back to your original thought with Robert playing just the Batman the whole entire time. That is so true. I Seriously, we had a, such a different, I would say, feel with this film where it wasn't, we get to see Bruce, where Bruce is the millionaire playboy that we typically know and see him as in every film. No, this, this particular Bruce was literally Batman the whole entire film. Yes, he he doesn't really seem to care about the Bruce Wayne name. He's kind of let his business go. Like it's still running. Uh, Wayne Industries is still perfectly like fine, but he's just kind of let his control over over what's going on just just kind of let that go. He's I can't even begin to tell you how many times when 
he was playing Bruce and he was talking to Alfred that I just wanted to slap him. I just wanted to smack him and, and tell him, like, you can't be rude to your dad like that, okay? That That is unpopular, especially that one scene where he actually, like, looks at him and says, you're not my dad. He basically pulls the, you're not my dad. And I was just like, actually, but he just was not bruce the entire time he was just batman he was very single-minded in his i have to be the fear into anything that is bad in gotham he had to be that and that's the only thing he cared about oh yeah and there were so many different points throughout the film that showcased yeah he is strictly being batman the whole entire time exactly as you're saying even with alfred the points where he doesn't even want to go out and do the, I would say, the networking and interacting with the people of Gotham, as we have seen in multiple other films where Bruce is always at a party, and especially, I would say, in the Christopher Nolan films, where we mm-hmm. see Bruce being that playboy-esque man, and having the women surrounding him and on his arm as his dates at specific events and parties, and we don't see that, where this Bruce is very anti-parties even his house is very gothic-esque where it was just such a gorgeous home but at the same time it wasn't Mm -hmm. very warm and welcoming as we typically see in all of the other I would say Bruce Wayne houses that we have seen in the past oh yeah oh yeah and I know when when this movie first came out there was actually at least from what I saw a good amount of complaining from the fan base where one of the fun things about when we get a new Batman casted that we get to see that the duality from the actor from having to play both both the Bruce Wayne and the the Batman role and we really didn't get to see that out of Robert Pattinson in this film because he was very single-mindedly focused on being the Batman but I actually think because one of my favorite things about this film was the fact that in multiple parts of this movie, Batman was not smart. And that's kind of his whole thing is he's rich and he's smart. <laughs> and he, this was very dumb Batman. This was Batman making many mistakes and, and arguably he didn't win by the end of this movie. And I argue that part of what made that so good and helped show that this Batman hasn't quite gotten it figured out yet is the fact that he can't embrace that Bruce Wayne side of himself. Because I think, I, I can't remember exactly, but I think the the director said that this is like just like he's been Batman for maybe a year now. He hasn't been doing yeah. it very long. Yeah, I for sure got that essence 100%. The first, like, what maybe this movie seemed like it ran for 40 million hours. (laughs) (laughs) It was long. I for sure got that feeling that this was a early, very young Batman. And Robert Pattinson is fairly young as well. I think he's in his early 30s he has to be Mm -hmm. 31 or 32 Mm -hmm. and so for me I definitely got the feeling that this was Batman 
very rookie in his first year, two years, three years, where he's still figuring things out. And so that could also be why he is so locked in as being the Batman all the time versus giving that, I would say, that relaxed feel that we know Bruce Wayne can be is because he is still so young and still trying to recover from, I would say, the hurt and the loss of his parents and everything else that's built him up to this point. I'm excited to see another an, another installment in this to see how Robert Pattinson can do Bruce Wayne, but I think it was very intentional, the fact that he was just Batman in this movie be, from beginning to end. Yeah, definitely. And I think it was great that they focused on a completely different villain this time where it's always the Joker. And don't get me wrong, the Joker is probably one of my favorite villains and is just a great fun I would say love hate character that we all really love to see but Mm -hmm. it was such a sigh of relief to get somebody a different villain such as the Riddler this time around where we did get to see the Riddler in a few different adaptations such as obviously the comics we have seen him we got to see him in I would say I don't know if we could count this but the TV series Gotham where we got to see the early Mm -hmm. time of Ed and what became of him but that was a whole different vibe and even Jim Carrey's version of the Riddler Jim Carrey's version is just goofy (laughs) oh 100% and that's Jim Carrey and which is great and so definitely getting to see Paul's Paul Dano's version of the Riddler and just the way that the directors had written this and the screenwriters Honestly, it was such a breath of fresh air to get a different version, such a dark, devious, almost to me, it felt very Saw-like as I was watching this film. I I can definitely see where you get the, the Saw vibes from this movie, uh, just just the, the way certain things were shot, and then just the dark grittiness of this movie, I can definitely feel that vibe. Oh yeah, just that opening sequence alone where it just feels so demented and dark and evil where this is not the type of Riddler we're used to seeing where he is watching. I think he was either the councilman or I don't remember what point of government this individual was, but he's sitting there watching him as the guy is watching the polls happening and the Riddler just sneaks on him sneaks up on him and that alone was so just oh my gosh it was very dark and very eerie at that point where I said okay this is a different type of film that Mm -hmm. we're getting I I am gonna say this I do like that they did like a kind of different Riddler they didn't take it in in the he's gonna wear like the suit and the bowler hat and have the cane kind of deal they they kind of turned him into like a sad internet boy kind of thing and I I do think that was interesting and and even like kind of maybe like even a little topical for for I mean what we actually see happen on the internet sometimes I I feel like that was definitely an interesting way to take it this route to your point as well they were for sure banking and utilizing what we see in everyday life such as the things we see with small internet groups and vigilantes and things of that sort and so it gave very much vibes of that sort where i think they were taking from real life where we have seen that in the last 
I mean, the internet's been around for so long now, but I would say in the last so many years of just the things that have been going on online and people being keyboard heroes and things of that sort. Mm -hmm. So I love that they made it feel very real. It just, this movie just did a wonderful job of getting under your skin. Oh, well, look at who the director is. Matt Reeves has done such a great job in the films that he's done. So not only this film, but he did War for the Planet of the Apes. He did Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. He did Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane. The list goes on. And so I think he just did a phenomenal job with this film as well as other films that he's done. And it's exciting to see if he does do the second film whenever that decides to drop i really i really really hope he does because just just the the vibes that this movie gave off i had like i had such an enjoyable experience going into this movie for one thing getting to see robert pattinson as batman like was just like that again that teenager inside of me who watched twilight had a crush on him back then uh realizing that now that I'm almost 30 I still nothing's changed I still have a big crush on Robert Pattinson and 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 then on top of that like even just like the the vibes of this movie like I I loved how I loved how dark and gritty this movie was I loved the way it managed to like get under your skin a little bit with how creepy some of some of what the Riddler was doing was I loved just like how gothic this this movie really felt with the with the music with how annoyingly long some of the the scenes were and some of the camera pans were there was just something like that that little edgy teenager that lives inside of me just loved this movie so much so I would just love for him to come back and give me those vibes all over again (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's important, too, as we've learned from other movies that have had multiple different directors, I would say the last couple of Star Wars films that were different directors in every single film, which made the flow of the films very different and the surprises and the changes. And so I don't want to see that happen to this specific new film series that's coming out with this cast and crew. And so it would be nice to see him continue and be able to do the next two or however many movies we're going to get. <laughs> it, it would be very nice to be able to get like a nice, long, overarching Batman story that is nice and cohesive from a single director. That would be very nice. I want to get into talking about Selena Kyle, because I think her yes. story in this film particularly was such a different dynamic, especially the big twist of learning how she was the daughter of Carmine Falcone, which was when I When I tell you, my jaw hit the floor, literally. Oh, yeah, and I think it was a great twist because we really, and I'm sure you can even add with even the comics and other past TV series and movies, we've never gotten that information of exactly who Selena's parents are. I would say the the TV show Gotham did it a little bit, but they did a very horrible job at it, if I might add. <laughs> That's a whole nother review we'll have to do at some point. But um, uh, don't make me watch Gotham. I didn't I didn't make it past season one. But I think it was a really great interpretation of her character and her upbringing of that missing puzzle piece that finally fit really perfectly of explaining 
why the way she is, which I'm obviously for her character, it was a big twist for her own self, but to find out, okay, this is why she smuggles, this is why she has been brought up so tough and is not scared to really go out there and do what she needs to do is because look at who her father is. <laughs> I I actually really, really liked this twist. I thought it was definitely interesting to to add to her backstory. She was probably my favorite thing about the whole movie, even even considering that Robert Pattinson was Batman. And Zoe Kravis is honestly she's just stunning first and foremost to look at on and off screen and um it's been really cool getting to see her as an actress evolve and grow and so it was really cool to see her play selena kyle and i'm excited and hope that we keep her as selena kyle for when we do get to more of a appropriate i would say birds of prey film where we do finally get Margot Robbie as obviously Harley Quinn because she is one of the best Harley Quinns in my opinion Mm -hmm. and then I think for sure we found our newest Selena Kyle and so we're just missing Ivy at this point (laughs) yes and again I know I know at the end of this film which by the way that whole little motorcycle scene where they're driving through Gotham together on their on their motorcycles and then eventually split and go different ways uh and then I swear Batman almost crashes his bike because he just won't stop watching Catwoman in his rearview mirror (laughs) um but that whole scene was really adorable and I know she leaves at the at the end of this film but I would be very interested to see her to see her come back for for possibly the Batman 2 or whatever we're going to call it uh I'd love to see her come back for that and have an actual cat suit maybe for some reason she needs to come back and ask Bruce for some some help assistance maybe another another stray she's taken in who needs her help and she needs a better a better suit than than a hockey mask and some nice leather leather pants you know i would love to see them maybe reprise the costume of annie hathaway's and change it up a little bit because i don't know obviously we don't want to go into halle berry territory of no they really babooned that costume up. So I would love to see either a different interpretation of the Annie Hathaway's costume or a whole entire new twist on it and give us something fresh and fun that we have not seen yet. I would very much love to see the purple suit. Maybe not make the whole thing purple or at least not that brightly purple because like you're going to get caught. But yeah. but maybe a nice like deep dark purple that's almost black kind of deal. I would just love to see an interpretation of the purple suit. Like um a, a dark gritty version of it. Maybe a, a more realistic version of the purple suit, but I would just love to see that. I would love to see how they pulled it off. The one thing that was really, and this isn't part of this movie, but it's just while we're on the topic of Selena Kyle slash Catwoman, is it was really upsetting to see that Annie Hathaway didn't get to do another movie as Catwoman because I thought she did a phenomenal job playing Selena Kyle slash Catwoman just because she was fun, edgy, very 
just played it very well. And it would have been nice to see her reprise the role. But I think, again, Selena, Selena Kyle, <laughs> uh, Zoe Kravis has done such a great job with the role. One scene in particular I want to chat about real quick that was really hard and had me edge on the seat was when we thought we almost lost Alfred. Okay, so I could go on and on and on about Alfred in this movie. I absolutely adored him. I thought he was great, and he did such a wonderful job of carrying himself with this air of respect while he was continuously and over and over again being disrespected by by essentially what is his son. And I, every time I had to watch Alfred and and Bruce interact, I wanted to hit him. I just wanted to hit him, and. I was freaking out. Don't condone violence. We don't. We don't. But you are being a small bratty child. I wanted to give him a hug. I definitely felt bad for the interactions because Alfred is just such a lovable character that I think is honestly one of the backbone and essence of many important characters through this franchise. Exactly, exactly. And he's, he's just so great. And it's so hard not to love Alfred. So that whole scene where he you're watching him open up the package and you you're all you already know when he picks it up exactly what's in there. You're sweating the whole time you're watching Batman rush. And, and what's crazy about that whole scene is the entire time you're watching it happen. They're actually happening at two separate times when batman's rushing home when he's desperately calling calling his his house trying to get a hold of alfred to warn him to let him know to leave to not be in the house or to get rid of the package or whatever it's already happened it's all already happened he's already in the hospital because the i don't know if they gave her a name but his new his his new maid or whatever secretary lady <laughs> yeah she, she answers the phone and she's like yeah I've been trying to get a hold of you and he's he's that there's been an accident essentially and it's just so stressful and so sad and then you get to that hospital scene where you actually see Bruce waiting at his bedside for him to wake up and you actually think like I actually thought in a second like okay he's gonna see in this moment that he's literally been the worst out for the entire time and now he's almost lost him and the last interactions they would have had together was Bruce being absolutely awful to Alfred he's gonna see the error in his ways right now dude barely wakes up from being exploded in his own home and freaking just like his son looks at him and is like why didn't you tell me my dad was like in cahoots with Falcone like are you kidding me like, he literally just wakes up. You're a liar. <laughs> what? I think there was a bit of humility for Bruce in that point as well, where he did sense a a fear of another loss that he was going to experience. And so I think there was a bit of that sadness there for him where he didn't want to lose Alfred. And then, yes, exactly to your point where another important twist of fate where we get to see a whole different side of his parents in this film was, yeah, that question of, you knew the whole entire time my parents were corrupt and you didn't tell me that. But the importance and the significance of that, I feel that Alfred hasn't told him is because as we're learning that 
Alfred doesn't want Bruce to see his parents in this dark, evil light, more so obviously his dad than his mom. But I think it's been kind of, again, a breath of fresh air to get that different side of Thomas Wayne and learn he wasn't all that great of a guy that we knew him to be in a lot of the other films and comics. Exactly. And I'd say it's a little bit, it, what upset me about it too was it was a little bit more nuanced than Thomas just being good or bad. He was imperfect. And at the end of the day, he didn't hire Falcone to kill those people. He did. He didn't. That's not what he wanted. And I think it was important for Alfred, for Bruce to understand that that's not ever what his dad wanted. Sure, he wasn't a perfect man, but he was not a bad man. And it was important for for Alfred, for Bruce to understand that that it, it his legacy wasn't one that came from an evil place, and it was very much up to Bruce to make sure that it continued on a path to good. And I think that's a lot of why Alfred didn't tell him because again, it's a little bit more nuanced than just good or bad and it can be hard to explain that to somebody especially when when they weren't there yeah and I think you worded that perfectly the imperfect uh the imperfections of Thomas and people are people they're human we make mistakes and I think that's something that for sure Alfred was trying to put onto Bruce's hey your dad made mistakes he wasn't perfect but he was also your father and loved you and did everything he could for you mm-hmm. and I just think it's been really great to see that side of Thomas Wayne and just that yeah people are human we make mistakes and sometimes they aren't pretty mistakes thing I want to cover two things real quick before wrapping up is at the end if anyone stayed around for the post credit scene or the extras that we got to see was essentially the setup of the Joker which looking into it that this specific character that we see at the end isn't actually the Joker I guess it's not him it's somebody else that's very similar to the joker but after doing that research it's not actually him so i'm interested to find out who is this villainous character we're introduced to when bruce is at the prison talking to whoever this person is trying to get insight on who the riddler is it it was definitely very interesting to see i know that after again doing further research uh i I was kind of happy to find out that it wasn't the Joker just because like you were saying at the beginning of the episode where we always get the Joker. I'm going to be honest. I'm a little exhausted. Of it. <laughs> you know what? I will back you on that because as he is one of my favorite villains and I would say the Christopher Nolan version was one of oh, the yeah. best, Chef's the kiss. best, hands down, but I don't disagree with you. I am getting very tired and stale. I'm seeing the Joker everywhere. <laughs> there are so many good Batman villains that that created some really, really great and 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 influential Batman storylines that don't involve the Joker at all that I would love to see come to life, but we have to let the Joker go to to let that happen. So like just who's who somebody like Solemn Grundy would be a great one to see his backstory 
I think we need another probably I would, Mr. Freeze would be cool. I would love to see the Court of Owls come into play in, yes. in a live action Batman movie. So yes. again, just just let the Joker rot in art um for a little while. Just 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 leave him there for a little while. Maybe like bring him out for like a fifth or sixth movie, like for like a large event or something. But don't like can we just like have a break? <laughs> just a little break. So I was a I when when it came out that it wasn't actually the Joker, I was a little relieved. So like I said at the beginning of this at the beginning of the podcast, uh, when I was talking about how this was a Bruce where he's not very smart and he's not he hasn't quite figured out how to be Batman. He doesn't win by the end of this movie. The Riddler's plan goes essentially according to plan he flooded Gotham I I really liked that about this Batman movie I'm just gonna say it I love that Batman didn't win in this movie I love that Batman didn't really have it figured out that he he still has a ways to go to figuring out how to do this right and even that one scene where where the city has gotten flooded and I forgot to talk about this this is one of my favorite parallels that happens in the movie so going back a little bit there was the scene where Catwoman went to confront Falcone and they get into a fight they get into a fist fight and Falcone's got her pinned and you can just see from her point of view Falcone pinning her down and then from behind him you see Batman come up and save her life essentially and it was super freaking cool and then later on in the movie essentially the same thing happens but in reverse so Batman's there fighting the Riddler's goons he's trying to save uh, the running candidate um, who they're trying to kill and he's he's essentially been pinned down they've they've managed to overpower Batman and the the goons are about to to drop him off the sledge and kill him and then you you're looking from Batman's point of view watching this goon about to take that kill shot and right behind him you see Catwoman come in and then just yeet him off yeet the goon off of Batman and she saves the day and I loved that parallel that was probably one of my favorite see two scenes that happened in the movie I thought that was so freaking cool and oh just just that whole like that whole sequence where they they really just struggled through that entire fight scene right shortly after that Catwoman gets overpowered Batman's still kind of down from getting the crap beat out of him from the goons and he has to take like an adrenaline shot just to be able to take the goon down and then he kind of calms down realizes he went a little bit too hard uh all things considered and the goon looks at him and says his thing says his whole thing like i am vengeance and you can just like see like i am doing everything that i set out to do wrong you just see it wash over his face and i really loved that about this movie I think it was a great addition that they added that because we are used to seeing in all these superhero films especially all of the Batman franchise is that yeah Batman always comes out on top at the end and I would say spot on that this time he did not that the bad guys actually won this time around and so it was a breath of fresh air to see that happen instead of making it oh yeah Batman it can basically save the day no matter what well he still saved the day but still lost at the same time he's human he's not superhuman so that was a great 
addition and change to this particular film was getting to see, yeah, the good guys don't always come out on top at the end. Yes, exactly. And, but at the same time, I loved that you can see that it's not, it's not stopped his resolve either. It's just, if anything, helped move it in a direction that will hopefully keep him moving in a better way direction I guess and oh yeah grow his character into what hopefully we'll get to see in the next film or two I also love in that one scene where the city's been flooded and there's really nothing to do but save the people that you can and he's he's just going in to do that and he walks through the water and finds all those people who are just like kind of trapped under under all that like the the fallen stage lights and and whatnot they're just like kind of under all this rubble and he's reaching out a hand extending a hand out to help them and everybody's just kind of too scared to reach out for batman and then there's that little kid who's like i don't care get me out of here (laughs) that's something that's always been significant about these films is there's always been some kind of child in batman interaction where as far as I can remember back from even the Christopher Nolan films, there was always some child involved that had a Bruce had a soft spot for. And I think that's something that is no different, especially in the scene where they are at the funeral, which we didn't even cover that in this review, but the funeral scene, which was a huge twist of events where the kid almost gets ran over by the car that destroys and ruins his dad's funeral again it was very saw-esque where the guy was wearing the bomb around his neck and very uh, yeah, oh another time that bruce did not come on top <laughs> no no i'm honestly shocked he survived that so let me ask you this what do you think the scores were for this um i'm gonna be honest so my guess is, is that the critics actually didn't like the, or well, the the audience score was was going to be low for this one, but maybe the critics liked it. Wrong, but right. So let's start with the audience score, and then I'll tell you the critics. The audience gave it an eighty-seven percent, which I think is pretty spot on for this film. Definitely very um, fair. The critics gave it an eighty-five. Huh. That's almost like that's almost like on par with each other too. Yeah, definitely not too far off for sure. Yeah, I I would say those are very fair scores for for the movies. So, do you want to get into our popcorn ratings? <laughs> so, like I just said, the the scores on Rotten Tomatoes for this are definitely very fair, definitely very fair. But in my opinion, I would give it a little bit of a higher rating i'm giving it an extra large bag of popcorn put some extra popcorn salt and butter on there you're going to need the extra the extra large anyway just because this is like what a nearly four hour long movie it wasn't that long but it was long it was long okay it was almost three hours so it's like a three hour movie so regardless you're going to need an extra large bag of popcorn to get you through the whole thing but I feel like it's really worth it. I I love how overly dramatic this movie was. It's very, very Batman-esque. Uh, I have been singing, oh, baby, uh, way too much since this movie has come out. Uh, it's just got a fun aesthetic, very, very 
gothic vibes it made the the little edgy teenager that that lives inside of my heart very very happy this 10 out of 10 would watch it again have watched it again too many times (laughs) yeah I would have to agree with the point of the very scene edgy side of my teenage years for sure because I have been re-listening to Nirvana something in the way Mm -hmm. on repeat after this film came out so it was great to see them incorporate that song into this film yeah I would have to give this film I want to be an in between bag but I know we kind of said we were gonna stop doing the in between (laughs) bags but I will give this film a large bag just because it was very enjoyable, it was exciting, a completely different take on Bruce Wayne and Batman for that matter, and this movie did not leave me disappointed. It gave me all the action, all the thrills, all the chills for sure, because again, for me, this was very American Horror Story Saw-esque in specific scenes regarding the Riddler. And it was just a fun movie, and I'm excited to see what's to come and how they continue the legacy of Batman and with Bruce Wayne being, well, Robert Pattinson being Bruce Wayne, at least, yes. <laughs> this time around. So well done, and I'm excited to see what's to come. So this was a fun topic to cover today and I'm excited for what our next topic is to come. I'm so excited too. But next week's episode is going to be another blast from the past for 90s kids alike and even past or before 90s kids if that. But this is going to be a TV series that is very fond to my heart, and I'm sure mm-hmm. Rachel's as well. Mm-hmm. And your hint for next week is, honestly, if, you, if anyone gets in my way, you all need to move out of the way, football heads. <laughs> honestly, I don't know how much clearer than that it can get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you, if you can't guess what we're doing next week, then you probably haven't watched it. <laughs> that was probably one of my lamer review hints, I'll say, but hey, it works. I thought it was cute. <laughs> I thought it was cute. Alrighty, well, today was an exciting episode, and I think next week will be great as well. I am excited for next week. So, until then. Until then, everyone. Bye! If you like Two Girls, One Review, please subscribe wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. There was no nudity, and though I wouldn't have minded if we would have gotten a little Robert Pattinson Batman movie. Uh,